Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of The Staredown in 2019. It's our sports talk and real estate show where a couple guys get together every Sunday, talk about sports, the week that was, and the week that's coming. I'm Sean Carpenter, your main host from Columbus, Ohio, joined by my regular co-host, Todd Meininger, coming Georgia, Bill Risser down in St. Pete, Florida, and Shay Brewer back with us to start off the year out in Portland, Oregon. Let's start with say hi to those guys before we bring in our special college football championship guests. Bill, what's going on down St. Pete? Oh, not a whole lot. Just another day in paradise. 72 degrees. I had a great day on the golf course today. Uh, won money from my group. Didn't cash a check with the uh, big, big tournament, but uh, had a lot of fun. Shot my number, right, Sean? So I hit my quota, which felt good. Awesome. Uh, but things are good. I won't, I'm not going to talk on. We got a whole crew here today, so let's, uh, we'll pass, right. pass the mic around. Jump over to Todd. Update us on what's going on in the, in the ATL. Hey, great, great weekend, Sean. Um, Bill, we have 71 high here today. It was crazy. So um, unseasonably uh, warm, um, but I think Wednesday the low is 28. So wah, 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 back back to reality. Uh, Great weekend, Sean. Good, good sports. Um, It's rained so, so long here in Atlanta. It seems like I think there's four dry months in December in in, in the Atlanta area. So great to have blue skies and sunshine. So happy for that. It's funny you say that, Todd. We we had rain on on New Year's Eve, uh, and that rain on New Year's Eve allowed us to have the wettest year in the history of Central Ohio. So, yeah, yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, for sure. Shay, welcome back, buddy. How's how's things in Pacific Northwest? You're bundled up. Must be cold out there. And you guys kill me talking about weather. The high today was 41 degrees, and I don't know the last time it hasn't rained in Portland. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all perspective, right? <laughs> no, things are good, man. I'm excited. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, excited to be back, and let's talk some sports. First Sunday in a while, we haven't had a game, man. You guys, you guys have been busy. I know, man. It's been brutal. Uh, January is still a tough month for us. We, um, we were looking at seven home games in five days. So, mm. yeah. oh, that's or, excuse me. No, no, no. Five home games. In seven <laughs> I was going to say they, five home games in seven days. Sorry, guys. Is, it, is there a day night double header? Double header. You can see, I'm still out of it. Like I still haven't recovered from last night's game. Awesome. <laughs> it took us a while to to respond. So I think we're, we're all kind of out of it as well. Right I think you. we were all doing we were all doing the math. We're all going seven, <laughs> maybe. Uh, and, and let's welcome a couple guests. We have. Uh, if you listen to the stare down uh, before the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl, we had some guests on and, and two guys have earned spots on the championship preview. Uh, we got Mike Randall representing Alabama and David Seaver down in Greenville, South Carolina, representing Clemson Tigers. Let's start with you, Mike. Welcome to the stare down. Good to see you and happy new year. Happy new year. Uh, super excited to be here and super excited for tomorrow night's game. Good. David Seaver, what's going on? I assume the, the state of South Carolina is, is excited uh, mainly because South Carolina beat Florida in basketball yesterday, but probably also because of that, the football game, right? Yeah, I'd say uh, that was a big win for the Gamecocks last night uh, in basketball. And then, uh, of course, basketball season hasn't officially started for Clemson until Tuesday. We did play at <laughs> Duke last night. We hung with them for 18 minutes, and then Zion decided to 
uh, take over. But I'd say the half the state of South Carolina is excited about the game tomorrow night, or half of them are pulling for Clemson. The other half is pulling for Alabama. Right. Right. Good. Well, glad to have you guys on. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get to the, the big game to finish out the show and feel free to jump in as we, as we talk about sports. Todd, let's just start with a little EPL. Uh, we know last week Liverpool had their first loss, uh, but why don't you update us on, are they back on track or is anyone else making a run uh, at, the, at the league lead? So yeah, uh, Liverpool uh, through the halfway point had a, at one point a nine point lead, um, nine points um, separating them from, from the second place uh, contender. Um, so it, in an epic mat, matchup, I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember which, but Liverpool went to Manchester to play Manchester city. And the, uh, it, it ended up two one Manchester city won. Uh, Liverpool suffered their first defeat of the year, but man, we talk about a game of inches. Um, I don't know if anyone caught the highlights. Uh, if you can, please do. But, uh, literally, um, the, the, the post was friendly for Manchester City, uh, unfriendly for Liverpool. Um, John Stones, a defender for Manchester City, literally saved a ball that was seven-eighths over the line. The ball needs to fully be over the line to count as a goal. Uh, he got his boot in there and kicked it out. What a great game. Ebbs and flows. Liverpool dominated, then Manchester City dominated. Liverpool came back. Um, that said, Liverpool still has a four-point lead. Uh, going in, and now we are on the FA Cup and um, the, the 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 interleague tournament break. So uh, Liverpool's got to sit with that for another six days. They play again at uh, Brighton and Hove, and Hove Albion on the twelfth. But right now, we're, there are a lot of league league cup and FA Cup uh, matches going on right now. So always exciting in the in the EPL, Sean. Awesome, Mike Randall. I know you follow the the soccer from down there in Alabama. Do you see anything worth mentioning this week? I, I haven't, man. I, I haven't watched any soccer this weekend. We went on a hunting trip this weekend, so uh, we we uh, have been a little bit disconnected from the from the from the uh, EPL and soccer world. All right, good. We'll, we'll have a hunting corner here in just a, just. A minute. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you hunt, Mike? Deer, deer. We uh, have a yeah. We're in a little hunting club up in southern Tennessee, and and we uh, have take our camper up there and camp and it's fun the the fellowship with the other guys there and the cooking and the food and all that good stuff is is just as good as uh as much fun or or better than the hunting actually so that's always fun makes it worthwhile uh let's quickly move on to pga pga tour uh while the season kind of kicked off at the end of last year bill with the kind of wraparound season they have now this is traditionally the 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 kickoff of the season as far as getting your getting your head mentally ready uh the pga uh, is in Kapalua, Hawaii, playing the Century Tournament of Champions. So that you have to be a tournament winner to be in to the beautiful plantation course at Kapalua. Bill, have you ever played there? I have. Have you ever been out there? No. Um, all my golf in Hawaii was all on Oahu. So okay. I haven't been off the island. Unbelievable. Uh, as, I'm sure if you're watching it all on TV, the, the winds and just the elevations, uh, yeah. you know, how far they, they hit it. They say from the 17th tee box to the 18th green is about a 350 foot drop. So 35 stories uh, between the two holes. So kind of an amazing uh, view right now. Uh, Xander Shoffley is up by one over Gary Woodland uh, with McElroy Thomas and DeChambeau kind of in the wings. Um, let's quickly move to NHL. Bill, you have your league leading Tampa Bay Lightning hat on. We, we, we like to say in Tampa league dominating, <laughs> not leading. So They are 10 points up. Ten points up on the next closest team, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mike, give uh, Bill a grace lesson, please. 
Uh, Washington Capitals are leading the Metropolitan. Uh, they're plus two. Uh, out west, you have Winnipeg. And then tied in the Pacific is Calgary and Las Vegas kind of came up, kind of just quietly sneaking their way back into position. Shays, that's Shays' team, the Vegas Shays Golden team. Knights. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so that's the NHL update. Let's hit NBA. Shay, now that you're back, uh, let me just quickly go through kind of the, 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 the uh, conference leaders uh, out east. We've got Milwaukee, uh, just a half a game up over Toronto. And Indy and Philly are in third and fourth, respectively. Or actually, they're, they're tied for third, uh, just a game and a half back. So uh, the top of the east, uh, pretty tight. And then out west, uh, once again, three weeks running. Denver uh, holding a slight lead over OKC, who is quietly having a heck of a year. Uh, Billy Donovan has really righted that team from what they, what they were doing last year. Uh, OKC, then Golden State. And then you kind of have four teams in that next little slot all tied uh, L.A. Clippers, Houston, after a miserable start, San Antonio, and Shea, your Portland Trailblazers, uh, just four and a half games back. Uh, why don't you update us on kind of the, the, the two conferences and what you've, what you've seen so far this way through the year? So I'll, I'll be quick, guys. We'll start in the West because it's closer to my home. Um, every, like you said, everything's tight when you look down from five through, uh, five through eight as far as the playoffs go. But this past week, really the past two weeks, the story of the NBA is James Harden. I mean, he's putting up 40-point triple-doubles night after night, and he's just scoring an unbelievable clip. Uh, he's got Houston in the fifth seed right now. They don't have Chris Paul. Um, he's pretty much just running the show. Um, also, outside of the playoffs, um, seems to be a wave of the NBA right now, is Luka the Don, Donchick, <laughs> <laughs> who's probably the leading candidate for Rookie of the Year. He's having an amazing season. Um, if you look back at the East, uh, this past week, we had a big game. Kawhi actually went back to San Antonio for the first time. And, um, it wasn't necessarily the Kawhi Leonard show. Like everyone thought it was, it was actually the DeMar DeRozan show, um, kind of took over the game and San Antonio took care of Toronto handily. Um, I think, I still think the same thing I've said all year. I think Milwaukee and Toronto are the two teams in the East, unless Boston's able to make a move and they'll slide right back in there. Shay, a little rumors uh, possibly about somehow the Celtics making a bid for Anthony Davis. Do you, you see any any life in that story? Uh, not this season. Uh, I think that Anthony Davis is the piece that they want. Um, they definitely have the pieces to make the move. Um, just contractually, uh, the way Kyrie Leonard's – or excuse me, um, Kyrie Irving's contract is set up. I don't think they necessarily have the pieces to make the move this season. It'll be the offseason if they're able to make a move that size. Um, also, too, one last thing uh, just came through the wire. Tom Thibodeau is out in Minnesota. Yep, saw that. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not a surprise. I mean, they, he kind of lost the, lost, lost the ship when Butler left and then uh, just not able to get anything happening on that team. Um, out there. Shay, let's go back to James Harden because he's really on an unprecedented run right now. Why do you think he's so hard to guard other than that he somehow is allowed now to take four steps when he moves around <laughs> that three point? Don't hate, Sean. Don't hate. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Last night, uh, the Warriors were in a game against the Kings last night, and Steph Curry did the patented uh, James Harden step back three and got called for traveling. And Steph, uh, the showman that he is puts James Harden's number up on his Jersey and looks at the ref like what James Harden gets away with it. Why can't I? 
<laughs> but, um, I mean, he's a scorer. He's an unbelievable scorer. He shoots more free throws than everybody else in the league, but he's a great shooter first. Uh, he understands how to move without the ball, move with pace, and change of pace as well. And um, when you shoot the ball that well and you understand the game like that, it comes easy to you. Awesome. And, and Shay, I, I hit you offline. Uh, Bill and I uh, just made plans. We're going to see uh, Luka Doncic and the – and the Mavericks play in Madison Square Garden, so it should be a neat nice. opportunity to see to see that. And you saw, I saw Dirk uh, 0 for ten uh, last oh. night. Did you see that? And in, in Boston, Shay, did you see at the end of the game they 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 were trying to get him to score, and they <laughs> uncovered there at the last shot of the game. Yeah, my uh, Dirk's been in the league so long, though, man. Mm. It's, it's sad that he goes out this way, but he's still Dirk. He's been around what was it, fourteen years, sixteen years? Yeah, one team, right, guys? Yeah. One team. Yeah. He, 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 he used to live on the other side of the Berlin Wall, right? That's how old he is? <laughs> <laughs> it feels that way. Hey, Sean, our, our, uh, I saw our old, uh, our old buddy Al Horford, ex-Gator. Um, he led the charge, but everyone on Boston's bench, when Dirk threw up that last three-pointer, everyone had their arms raised. They're so ready to, to celebrate. Um, that was too bad. But, yeah. hey, he's, uh, it's, it's got to be good to get that respect that, that he got. Um, from his team and the opposing team, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's hit NCAA hoops really quick. Um, we'll, we'll probably turn our, our eyes and ears a little more towards college hoops starting next week when the football season's done. Uh, but right now, the top teams, uh, Duke number one, Michigan number two, Tennessee number three, Virginia four, Kansas was five, and Nebraska was – or I'm sorry, Nevada was six. Uh, right now, the only undefeated teams, though, as of today, Michigan, Virginia – and Houston, a surprising 13-0. Um, Nevada falls from the ranks of the unbeaten yesterday in a kind of a blowout loss to New Mexico. Um, Duke crushes Clemson yesterday in a Zion Williamson show, uh, which I, I think will be probably a, a common occurrence in the, in the ACC. Uh, already looking ahead to that January 19th matchup where Virginia comes into Cameron Indoor Stadium to play Duke. Um, have any of you guys watched any, any college – Shay, let's go to you first, just to because I, I know you probably just almost by by nature have your your eyes on the the future guys. Shay's Shay's on Nevada, I know that from social media. I am, I am. I'm a huge Nevada fan. You guys know yeah. that. I, I love the Martin Twins. I'm a huge Nevada fan. Um, ironically enough, I think you're going to start to see a lot of uh, well, a lot of teams start to struggle as we enter conference play, and a lot of the major teams. You look at a team like Duke; they haven't played a tough road game all year. Their road games have mostly been neutral site games right. and some of these smaller tournaments. So as you see these teams go on the road, and especially against conference opponents, uh, I think things will be a little tighter. Um, I believe they play and, at, at Florida State this this week. I think Thursday they play at Florida State. So their first top 10 matchup on a true road floor. Yeah, you'll see things tighten up. Um, Nevada, with their first loss last night, they were on the road. They go into the pit over in New Mexico, and they, and they mm. take a lot, take an L there. Um Kansas center, Azabuke, uh, just went down, had an MRI. He's out for the year, and that that hurts them because he's a big man. He's a junior, too, which doesn't seem like a lot. But in this this day and age, college basketball, a junior is like a fifth-year senior. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good call. Uh, Anyone else? Mike, your your Alabama team, I know you probably weren't watching uh, where you're hunting, but Alabama started off their SEC season with a big win against Kentucky. Sure did. Yeah, that was exciting to see. I did not get to watch the game because we were 
uh, no cell service hardly, and definitely do not have any satellite or whatever up there. But um, yeah, saw the saw the uh, the uh, oh goodness gracious the the, the 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 oh my goodness the uh, highlights of the game. Thank you. <laughs> that must have been a good hunt. Oh, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> um, as, as an Alabama fan, he doesn't have to watch highlights very often. <laughs> Yeah, I know that I know that Kentucky is uh, probably not where they want to be right now, but but to get a, a win against them early in conference play was uh, that's that's pretty awesome. So really excited about that. Hey, you know, Mike, we still talk about when we beat Alabama when Mike Chula was on the sidelines. So we'll, we'll take, <laughs> <laughs> take 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 hey, wins. A wins a win, baby. A wins exactly. a win. Wins a win, baby. Wins a win. Especially <laughs> over a big program like that. So, uh, like I said, we'll turn our attention to college football or college basketball uh, in in coming weeks. All right, guys, let's go to the big boys. The guys get paid on Sundays, and in this, in this case, paid on Saturdays and Sundays because the NFL is in their wild card week or just finished. Uh, let's go in chronological order and just anybody chime in on, on thoughts on the game. Um, Deshaun Watson, I don't know if you saw the stat, suffered his first loss mm. since early in high school that his team has ever lost when he trailed by more than two touchdowns um, since, since high school. He's never not been able to bring a team back the Texans got destroyed by the Colts. I know the, the score didn't end up that way, but Andrew Luck, um, I don't know that any team is going to really be excited to face the Colts, but what do you guys think of Andrew Luck and, and the Colts dismantling of, of Houston? I, two hot teams, right? Both were on a roll. Um, when I, I didn't realize, shame on me, but Frank Wright is the uh, coach for Indianapolis. Um, he, he's I got right, a, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Fred. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got that team going. Um, a great Twitter follow for you guys. Do you know about Captain Andrew Luck? That's the best. <laughs> yes, it is. I just discovered it. Please check it out. Um, basically, Sean, jump in. But uh, it's it's a fake Twitter account for Andrew Luck, but it's as if he was in, what, 1863 uh, Civil War. Civil <laughs> so uh, do yourself a favor find that. But, yeah, a little, a little uh, surprising. I thought uh, Houston would do – well and win, but Indianapolis is tough, man. They're 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 on a little bit of a roll, so good for them. Yeah, when you get the Andrew Luck back, that was around a few years ago, right? He's, he's had a rough couple of seasons with injuries, and yeah, yeah. just <clears throat> kind of issues with the Colts. He looked good, even even when he you know broke away and scrambled, he looked like the old Andrew Luck. Because for as big as he is, he's not slow. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he can yeah. motor down the field and pick up first downs and. Make he is such happen. a cerebral quarterback, though, and they're giving us so much time in that pocket. And I don't oh, know if that yeah. was partly because of the offensive line or because, you know, I think Houston has a defensive front with Clowney and Watt, yeah. and they just could mm. not really get him out of the pocket. He was so comfortable in that pocket. It was, yeah. um, it was really kind of neat to watch. Um, any, anything else on that, that early game? Let's talk about the late game. Shea, your Seahawks um, – Came in. I think a lot of people were kind of picking that game as the Seahawks were is the one road team to win, and as it turns out, they're the only road team that didn't win <laughs> in, the, in the first round. So works. Okay. Let's start with you, Shay. Just your your thoughts on that game, and then we'll we'll see if anyone else has any thoughts on the Cowboys advancing. I just I, I think um, we had a Blazer game last night, and so um, with Paul out, well, the late Paul Allen being the owner of both teams, uh, the Seahawks game was everywhere. I wasn't able to watch it closely, but just. Uh, the reaction I got from fans was um, the play calling. And then it seems to be the whole theme of, of this weekend. Seattle didn't throw the ball much in the second half at all. And if you got Russell Wilson as your quarterback and he's a Super Bowl MVP winner, 
Why don't you throw the ball? Give them a chance to make a play. Yeah. Anyone else want to chime in on that one? Now, you know, it was a it was a game where I, I think both teams really just kind of grinded out what they needed to do. Uh, you know, obviously Seattle came back and scored at the end, and then went for went for two point conversion. Uh, didn't get it. Well, look, I, you know, I called it, I, I said on Twitter or texted this message with you. I thought it was just being set up for another perfect Russell Wilson win the game in the yes. fourth quarter kind of a setup. Yeah. It felt that way, really felt that way. But you're right, Shay. He, you know, I didn't see that Russell Wilson who would roll out and, you know, buy a little time, be reverse course of action, head back the other way, either find somebody or scramble for, you know, eight or 10 yards. Uh, it just wasn't there. I don't know if the Cowboys are taking that away, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes, Sometimes um, Pete Carroll maybe, I don't know, maybe gets too smart for his own good. Who knows? Yeah. Yep. Uh, in, the, in the games today, uh, the Ravens uh, coming in, riding a, a pretty strong win streak, playing against the Chargers who had to travel three-quarters of the way across the country. Uh, but the Chargers, after Michael Badgley hits four of, the, of his first five field goals, um, I think that wasn't three quarters. That was probably all the way across the country. <laughs> when you're going from the Pacific to the Atlantic, I think that you think you've done. Yeah, the but you thing. can go a little further. Next week, they have to go a little further. They have to go okay, a little further right. the Northeast. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, unless that game gets removed to Maine, I think it's going to be about as far as they <laughs> okay. as far as they can go. All right. Um, but what what'd you guys think of that game? It was a um, it was a game that, that if you look at the score right now, if you didn't watch any of the game, oh. you th- you're thinking it was it was a really close game, and it turned out to be close. Um, but what was your thought? Let's start with you because you were thinking that they should have made a change of quarterback at halftime. Uh, or at least, so, at least it had to been discussed, right? So for whatever reason, uh, first of all, Baltimore just looked horrible, just horrible. Right. Um, I don't know if Lamar Jackson was nervous, cold. I don't know what it was, but that's not the quarterback we've seen on his seven one streak, right. Uh, the last eight games. So what I was thinking is, and it's a tough situation, but how bad he looked and the team looked, not necessarily him, just the team just looked flat. You have a Super Bowl MVP sitting on the bench. And I, I just think maybe at halftime uh, uh, you go there. Uh, we, we, we had a little group text going and Shane made a great point of, you know, how do you blow, you, you know, you want to be careful. You don't want to blow Lamar Jackson's confidence, but, at the end of the day, I guess I said, we're all grown men and they all get paid and Baltimore wants to win. So um, who knows? Maybe Flacco wasn't hundred um, percent. I don't know, but gosh, um, looked bad. And then with about what, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, also they turn it on and make it a game. So it was just really, really kind of strange game. Um, hats off to the chargers, Bill. Um, you'll admit that you're still rooting for them. Put that hat on. <laughs> Don't be a hater. Um, but anyway, just really kind of a funky game overall, I thought. Yeah, you know, so look. I cannot believe the over didn't hit. When I saw the <laughs> over 42, how do those two not score 42 points? But anyway, I digress. Well, I think, you know, the Ravens offense uh, did nothing different than they did a couple of weeks ago. And the Chargers were ready for what they were going to do. I think I think maybe the OC there just felt like, oh, you know, we, we have what we it need. It works, yeah. We have what we need. The, the, the Chargers, you know, linebacker corps decimated. They, it, there were plays where there were seven DBs on the field. I don't know if you knew, noticed that. There were three or four linemen and not a single linebacker. <laughs> you had two safeties play, coming up to play linebacker. So I think they thought they'd just run, run, down, run, run down their throat. And, 
you know, going into the fourth quarter, about that point where Jackson took off, they still hadn't hit 100 yards in total offense into mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. Uh, so Lamar Jackson at one point had the, the passing yardage was negative two yards early in the fourth quarter <laughs> with sacks. <laughs> With sacks, yeah. surprised me, Bill. With simple ball security, though, right? Well, he just, look, uh, he's he's got a. I don't, you know, it's funny. He's been playing football since he's probably five, right? Ball security is a big thing, no matter what level you play football. But yep. I think what happens when you get a young kid like Lamar Jackson, the youngest quarterback to ever start a game, I think they think what that what worked in college will work in the pros, and we know as a fact that the college game and the pro game are light years apart from each other. And if you think you can run around and and kind of do what you did when you were Louisville, you know that ain't going to work, right? You're you're playing against the best in the of, of the best in the world, and you got to protect that ball. And he's really bad at that. Uh, Eleven fumbles, you know, in the last seven games, I think. At what I heard, right, somewhere in there, he's um, he's got a lot to learn. I, I look, I think he'll be a great quarterback. I think he'll he'll I agree do great things with the Ravens, and that was a lesson learned. Uh, you know, and look, I, like I said, I, I, I despise the Chargers' ownership, what they did, so I'll never, you know, openly root or support them. But that, look, you know, I grew up in San Diego. I, I worked for the Chargers for five years. I, there's, you know, a connection there. And I feel really good for Phillip, you know. And, and to see Antonio Gates, even, as overweight as he is, I don't know if you notice how big Gates is, because I think he's, you remember, he was out of flow. He was retired. He was going to get fat and happy. He didn't care until Hunter went down with, with that knee injury. They, and Philip begged him to come back. So he just comes back and does his little, you know, button hooks or a little kind of a cross across <laughs> the middle. It gets four or five catches a game, keeps Philip happy, but he's not working out wanted. very hard. Yeah. He's not working he, out very hard. He wanted. Bill, let me ask you a question before we move to the last game of the weekend. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's your vibe from the people, you know, back in San Diego, is anyone there rooting for them? Or will there be a bunch of people if they would somehow win it, that would all of a sudden say like, I never gave up on them and blah, blah, blah. Or will people be pissed? Is everyone as bitter as you are, Bill? That's yeah, every, everyone who's a lifelong Charger fan is bitter. Everyone in Cleveland is was bitter when the Ravens oh, won. Absolutely. Why would you, why would you care? And, and you got to remember, you know, um, when, when you go, when you go to LA from San Diego, that there's a problem there. Cause we're the little redheaded stepchild of Los Angeles already in San Diego. We're that sleepy little town where people go to retire and LA has got this whole, you know, championship thing. They win stuff and San Diego never wins anything. So there's a big divide between San Diego and LA. So the fact that Spanos took him to LA was brutal. Uh, so there's nobody that was a charger fan. That's that, that wants to see that team win the Super Bowl. not a chance. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the game of the weekend. I think the best game uh, was the last game. Um, Eagles and Bears defending Super Bowl champions versus a lot of the, the kind of the chic picks, uh, the Bears. A lot of people are picking the Bears to make the Super Bowl and, and win it. Um, as it turns out, uh, Eagles win 16 to 15 mm. on a double doink uh, missed kick uh, by Parky. Parky Poser? Posey Parky? Parky Poser? <laughs> No, oh, uh, Corey Parkey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you know, it's quite a game. Um, and, and look, Trubinsky, a lot of people give him crap. He, he did what he needed to do to get his team into field goal territory. Um, wasn't quite a fan of the second down, you know, they spiked it on second down, but they took so long to spike it. Um, they, I think they could have had another chance at a legit five more, 10 more yards without wasting that time out the way that they did. I thought they should have, um, should have spiked it before they called, you know, spiked it before they called their time out there at the end. I, yeah, I think Trubisky did a great job. You're right, Sean, but I think the return, the kick return set that up. 
Oh yeah. If he doesn't get to the 40. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Trubisky, you know, is able to do, able to get him down there. Who knows? Cause the Eagles had him figured out. Yeah. Pretty ballsy fourth down call. Uh, I mean, obviously they had to go for, for it, but they, the bears, you know, uh, three st- straight stuffs on, on the two yard line. Yeah. And then golden Tate breaks out of the, you know, does that kind of stop and go along the, the line uh, to get in for the end zone. So looking ahead to next week, guys, you got Indy at KC uh, and Dallas at Los Angeles Rams. And then mm. Sunday's games, see the chargers flying all the way back across the country, Bill, uh, not three quarters, get, getting another, back. getting another one o'clock East start. Right. And by the way, the chargers now are the first team in the last 25 attempts for a, in the playoffs for a West coast team playing, on the road on the East Coast at an early start and winning. Wow. It was an incredible streak. It's, it's it way tougher than it looks. But you got to remember the Chargers are, you know, they play in a dump in L.A. There's no fan support. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's just like this, you can imagine the attitude of the team. It's like F everybody because they've got no support. The San Diegans don't like them. The Los Angeles people haven't embraced them yet uh, because when you go to their games, it's three quarters the other team. Uh, they're seven now they're eight and one on the road this this is setting up perfectly for them you know they can be that you can be eli manning right two uh, old two old quarterbacks going at it right you're gonna see yeah. two guys that have been there and done that and uh, and uh phillips uh oh and seven against brady <laughs> so we'll see. okay yeah. well guys I, I don't i don't know if you guys got a chance to catch this but uh i saw on twitter melvin gordon the running back for the chargers Posted a video. It was fantastic. He's in an Uber, yeah. and the Uber driver is just bashing the Chargers, <laughs> and he has no idea that he plays for the team. He's <laughs> just egging him all through the whole video. Yeah, it was actually a great, great. Uh, you know, he goes, "It was kind of cool." He goes, "What do you think about the running back?" He goes, "All right, he's all right, but you know, he's he's not going to do anything." He was kind of ripping Philip. Philip going to be getting off the ground too much. He's going to be hurt, and and Melvin Gordon goes, "Philip's a Hall of Famer." He goes, "I know, but he's going to be on the ground." And it was great. Yeah, it's, it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely funny. And then the, 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 the night game on Sunday, not the night, but the four, the, the late game uh, sees Philadelphia going into New Orleans um, mm. with a hot Nick Foles, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, momentum. Uh, New Orleans with a lot of pressure on their back, but um, we'll see. So any, any quick thoughts on anyone calling any upsets in those games? Anyone see any of the road teams, Indy, Dallas, Chargers, or Philadelphia winning? Any of the six guys on the? I think Indy's got the best chance. I'll say that. I'll go with India. I like the Chargers too. They're playing good ball right now, and, and Bill's right. They're just playing with the "we don't care" attitude. Is like against the world. Their shoulder, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. I think uh, I think that Chargers game is going to be close, um, but I think I think New Orleans wins big, uh, and I think the Rams probably blow out Dallas. But we'll see. Possible. Dallas. Dallas has a foot, Dallas has a way with Dak and, and Zeke to to work that clock. Um, gruesome injury, by the way, to that that Harns kid uh, yesterday. Oh yeah, Alan Harns. Yeah, yeah, that was ugly. All right, guys, let's let's get our guests on. Let's talk tomorrow's big game. There a game tomorrow night? It all comes down to this. Think about this for a second, guys. As as we as we get ready to see Clemson and Alabama square off for the national championship of 2018, the kids that are true true seniors at Clemson. Their season has always ended against Alabama. Wow. Every single last game they've played has been against Alabama because they lost, you know, last year in the Sugar Bowl, which ended their season. And every other time they've played, uh, they've played against uh, Alabama, with the exception of Hunter Renfro, who, who played against Alabama when Bear Bryant was there. 
But he's he's, he's actually going for the national championship. He played on the '81 team, also. <laughs> <laughs> he and Perry Tuttle. He's he's Danny Ford's uh, Danny Ford's godson. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, let, let's welcome back in Mike Randall and David Siever, David Seaver, and uh, let's let's kind of do what we've done in the past. Um, while we got these guys on, let's let's quickly talk college football that we haven't had uh, since the last uh, stare down, and that's the Fiesta Rose and Sugar Bowls. Um, Todd, I want to give you a chance to talk about that Fiesta Bowl, uh, LSU over UCF. Um, I, I think you had it maybe a – Thank you, Coach O. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Everybody, uh, Todd, let's start with you. Just I'm going to check out. I'll be back for you. Let you guys have fun with this one. <laughs> Bill's got to go down to the store and buy a UCF hat. Exactly. Yeah. Not sure if I uh, can put into words. Um, hey, thank, thank you. I think Mike said it. Thank you, Coach O. Thank you, uh, LSU, for winning. I, I'm Sean, I don't know where to begin. The UCF still chirping after all this time, is right? It, is that a tear I see? Is there a tear in your eye? No, no okay, tear. No tear. So LSU was still at 10 guys down, 8 to 10 guys down on defense. They had fifth-string receivers playing corner because they were so decimated. Um, hey, congrats to UCF. What a great run. Um, I, would, I respect the run. I just don't, don't respect – um, anything else about them deserving national <laughs> mythical national championships. If they had to play SEC, ACC, Big Ten schedule, we've talked about this. Great run. Thank God LSU won. Ask me questions. I'm, I'm My mind's just yeah, well, I saw, I saw <laughs> one of the best tweets I saw afterwards. It says, now imagine if UCF had to now go on the road and play Auburn next Kyle week Field. and then at Florida Field, and then yeah. at A&M. And, you know, and that, you know, it just kind of gives you a, a taste of God, when you think about that. Look, so, hey, I, great run, 25 in a row. But great run, but what a like dirty chip on their shoulder team too. I mean, good grief, right? I mean that 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 game was nasty. That was nasty. Um, we went back and forth a little bit, Bill, about what should or should not be, uh, you know, um, grounds for being being ejected. But um, they, they, I respect them because they're they were their head was in it that they wanted to prove a point, but. I'm just glad LSU won. God, let's just move on. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to talk was, about either team. It was, like, I can tell. It, was like, it was like Christmas all over again. It was awesome. <laughs> Urban Meyer ends his second career uh, as a head coach. Uh, soon yep. to be a third, I'm sure, at some point uh, in the Rose Bowl. Uh, that's a game that the Buckeyes were dominating. Uh, and, and Washington came, back, right? yeah. came within an extra point or a two-point conversion and an in a onside kick of, of having a chance to possibly win that game. But uh, – you know, when you look at Urban Meyer's record at Ohio State, uh, pretty impressive. You know, uh, 89 wins, 7-0 against Michigan, uh, only lost uh, – only bowl game they lost was uh, to Clemson uh, twice. Twice. Yep. <laughs> What's that, David? <laughs> <laughs> Just got to throw that in there. So, hey, and, uh, Justin Fields going to Ohio State. Justin Fields going there. And Ryan and Tate Martell are going to battle out, right? Yeah, they're already battling Martell, out. Martell cannot be happy about that. Martell has made it very visibly known on, on Twitter. He's kind of a, uh, you know, came from, came, uh, was going to go to Texas A&M and, and Ohio State kind of got him to switch at the end. And he's kind of a very uh, outspoken, uh, I'll say Baker Mayfield-ish, Johnny Manziel-ish as far as his swagger. Um, it will be interesting to see if Fields leaves and, and doesn't get the starting nod at, again, uh, getting beat out by somebody. But, I don't know if you saw highlights. Michigan State came into Ohio State to play basketball yesterday, and in the front row was Urban and Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins sitting in the front row together. And people mm-hmm. were all tagging the picture, saying, "Where's Tate? Where's Tate? You know, where's <laughs> Tate?" So, um, 
we'll see what happens there. And then in the Sugar Bowl, um, a game where, where a lot of people thought UGA was going to open up a can of whoop-ass, it was quite the opposite from the snap. Texas well, it started, dominated. It started before that when Bevo about took out Uga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I, I keep, every time I watch that, I see that lady in the black black dress. Like, she's right in front. She gets just knocked to the ground um, by the bull. But that was a uh, – that was a, a beatdown game. Uh, Fromm just seemed out of sorts. Uh, you, you wonder what's happening inside that Kirby Smart locker room because, boy, it, a lot of those people didn't take long to say they were going pro. Um, wow. Yeah. I did think, Black Mike, Black Mike, Mike Randall, what was your thoughts that I, I know Fields hadn't officially left the team, but he kind of did when he announced he was transferring. Did you guys find it weird that he was there on the sidelines and he was there dressed and he, um, I guess he's there just in case Fromm got injured or? I did find that very weird. I mean, he's already pretty much everybody in the world knows he's going somewhere else and he's there dressed out. And it was, uh, I don't, I guess you're right. It it was probably, I guess in case, you know, in in case of emergency break glass, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, yeah. So we'll see. He, he is a transfer to Ohio state, uh, not yet officially been cleared to play. Um, people tell me it's almost a slam dunk because he was racially threatened by someone on the Georgia baseball team. I see David oh, Eastmark wow. at that. I, I don't know if that's even true or not. Um, but, you know, I guess whatever story you got to say, a lot of rumors about um, Tavon Grimes, who transferred from Ohio State to Florida, you know, um, some rumors about whether his mom was really sick or not. But so we'll see. It uh, looks like he's going to be cleared to at least have a chance to compete for the Buckeyes, um, who will probably be a top five team uh, next year. All right, guys, let's talk about your game. Uh, let's turn our attention to the championship game out in Santa Clara, uh, which is getting panned for one of the worst locations of any championship game ever. Not many um, Clemson fans, not many. I'm sure there will be plenty of Clemson and Alabama fans there, but ticket, ticket market is suffering hugely uh, with this game. Um, but that doesn't have anything to do with the game. Uh, let's start, and, and Mike and David will give you guys each chance to talk about um, just recap what you think got your team to where they're where they are tomorrow night. Mike, let's start with you. So I, I think just the not to sound cliche, but I think the the buy-in and the uh, of the players with the process and just focusing on you know how good can we play to play to our standard instead of the opponent. You know, instead of playing uh, the opponent, I, I I know that sounds very cliche, but it, it just seems to be um, what. Coach Nick Saban and that staff, they have such buy-in from the players on that roster uh, with, you know, playing to a standard, to a level of play. um, And for 60 minutes, each play with a life of its own and playing, you know, pursuing excellence on every play. And I I think that that that's just, you know, what has been a recipe for success for 12 years since he took the job. So, David, how about you? What, What do you think got Clemson to where they're at? Yeah, almost kind of echoing what, what Mike was saying. Um, you know, Clemson all across their uh, the locker rooms and the practice facilities, one of their mottos is best is our standard. And, you know, it's, it's not worried about who the opposition is, uh, but always playing and doing, uh, playing, you know, letting Clemson do what Clemson does and not really focusing on the opponent, focus on what, what you can do. Awesome. So right. Those are two really good cliche is cliche things <laughs> for sure for sure let's do what we did in, the, in our in our previews of the cotton bowl and the orange bowl uh, mike let's put alabama on the field first uh, david you're gonna you're gonna put your defense on the field first and and let's talk about what mike you think need 
you need to see from Alabama, knowing how good uh, Clemson's defense is. What do you think Alabama needs to do to, to move the ball, score points, and, 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 keep Alabama, and keep Clemson's offense off the field? Starting with me? Yeah. So the first thing that jumps out at me are like all the All-American, either first team, second team, or third team All-American players uh, on both rosters. And, uh, you know, on offense, left tackle Jonah Williams, uh, you know, Ross Piercebacher at center is a second team All-American. And he, they're going to get to, you know, put their fingers in the dirt and look up at, uh, you know, another All-American Cleveland. Is it Cleveland Farrell, uh, which is your uh, one of your tackles, and Christian Wilkins, Albert Huggins, and, um, the, the matchup between, um, you know, the, can the center and the left guard who's basically stepping in for someone who's been suspended, basically Deontay Brown is out. So you got Lester Cotton, you know, stepping in for a suspended player at left guard. That's going to be an interesting uh, matchup, I think, to see if they can, uh, how he does against Christian Wilkins, Wilkins and Farrell and, uh, you know, to keep, and can those guys on, on, uh, you know, get pressure on Tua. Uh, offensively, I mean, to, to stay with that, I think that that's the key right there in the trenches. But uh, also, can our receivers, um, you know, another All-American, Jerry Judy, uh, you know, can, can our receivers, Devontae uh, Smith, Jerry Judy, um, and another name that I think everybody, I hope, will know before the Knights, if you don't already know who he is, is Jalen Waddell. Um, he, he makes spectacular catches. The guy has, you know, an incredible talent of getting open and getting into space and especially when a play is breaking down. So, um, I think that, that Tua will do what he does, but it is just going to be interesting to see how much time he has with that incredibly talented defensive front that Clemson has and, uh, and the safeties and corners that they have their secondary, you know, can they cover Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith? Can they cover those guys, Jalen Waddell, uh, Irv Smith? It's just going to be fun to watch. It's the matchups, the just, you know, highly talented people at every position, the best best on best, and that's what I'm excited to watch. It's just the, the, the matchups at every position. So, David, now that he's built up your defense to be the best ever, um, <laughs> how, do they, how, do they, how do they perform? How do they, how do they stop what is, what is by far the most talented offensive team you guys have faced this year? Yeah, so you look back the last, you know, four to six years, and you, and you never really worried about Alabama's offense um, until this year. And, and Bill, you, you liked my comment a couple weeks ago about uh, Clemson having some, some Frisbee catching dogs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Alabama has just as many as <laughs> of Frisbee catching dogs. So I think one of our, you know, obviously inside the trenches, that's going to be key, trying to sweat out the run, but also um, – making their receivers work to get off the line. You can't give them free runs right off the line. O- Oklahoma was playing back and soft, and they do that RPO, and, you know, Tua can hit that guy right in, right in stride right across the middle. And so I, I think if our defensive backs can, can play a little pressure on those guys, um, make, make Tua think a little bit, um, that's going to be the only way we can really slow them down. Do you, do you see um... – he, you know, with all due respect to Notre Dame and, and, and their path to the, to the Cotton Bowl, do you f- feel that your secondary is at risk in this game, David? So there are the two games that really stick out where Clemson's secondary um, was quote-unquote exposed. The A&M game, but if you look, if you really go back and watch that game, 
uh, Kellen Mond was throwing up, in my opinion, prayers, and the guys were covered. They just, I mean, A and M's guys were making just unbelievable plays. They sure then, were. And then the other, the other game, obviously the South Carolina game. Um, yeah, they run a lot of hurry up and a lot of junky formations. We weren't really sure what they were doing. So you kind of put a little asterisk, by the way, some of our safeties sure. played in that game. So our, our quarterbacks have really have really done well throughout the season. Um, the key in this game will be um, how do they do with Simmons? Where do they put him? Um, and then our back to um, 12 and 19, those two guys, see if they can cover – I mean – God knows, uh, an Alabama tight end loves playing against Clemson. Uh, so hopefully, Irv <laughs> Smith does not have a, a uh, Dave, I'm not, not, not making excuses for your secondary, but you know, against that South Carolina game, South Carolina on a couple of their drives, they went hurry up and just kind of caught your guys without being able to substitute. Um, and not only were they gas, they just got out of position. Yeah. Um, and, and they were, you know, running a lot of different guys to the opposite sides of the field. And, um, so we'll see if, you know, Alabama does. Sometimes like that hurry up offense. Yeah. Uh, and and one thing I think you saw uh, as we switch the sides now and, and and bring in Mike's defense and and Clemson's offense, um, Oklahoma being so quick, you know that game was a blowout um, for about two and a half, three and a quarter quarters, and then all of a sudden, boy, you could just tell Alabama Mike your defense got really tired, um, chasing Kyler Murray from one end to the other. Uh, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to present that that um that issue but it, it, it does make you think so mike let's let's put you on on defense actually let's give let's give david the ball uh david trevor lawrence a freshman starting his 14th 15th game now uh and trevor etn or travis etn uh, in the backfield and then all those receivers what, what do you what do you see the plan being to expose the uh defensive prowess of, of um alabama We've got to be able to run the ball, you know, even against Notre Dame in that first quarter. And I thought this, this would be this way. We were slow starting and we really can't let Alabama get off to a huge start like they did against Oklahoma. We've got to uh, kind of control the tempo early and get our running game going, whether it's ETN Feaster or even if you saw the Notre Dame game where um, Trevor Lawrence even kept the ball and made some great runs. I mean, I'm not sure how many yards he had, but – Probably 50 yards rushing, which for a 6'6 dude is pretty good. Uh, so we got to get the running game going, and that'll open up a secondary um, that I think is a, not as talented as Alabama's secondaries of the last couple of years. Okay. So, Mike, what's your biggest concern on defense? I want to know if uh, Mitch Hyatt. Justin Fasanelli, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, the center for uh, Clemson. If, 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 if the center and that guard, John Simpson, can can block Quinnen Williams, Raquan Davis, and Isaiah Bugs, to me, like that right there is the key. If, because if those three guys get pressure on Trevor Lawrence, I think that if you look back to quarterbacks who have had success against Alabama's defense and, and, and Nick Saban's schemes, it has been – quarterbacks who could throw the ball extremely precise to the outside, all the way outside, the outside shoulder, accurate passes, and really stretch that defense wide. It's not necessarily the inside dink and dunk passes. It's that accurate pass. Deshaun Watson lit us up. I mean, 
with that, with the balls he could put on that outside shoulder, you know, out on the perimeter. So, um, it, it, but, but can Trevor Lawrence do that under pressure if Quentin Williams, Isaiah Bugs, and Raquan Davis can get pressure on him? So to me, that's going to be my concern is not getting pressure on him and Trevor Lawrence. Oh my God, I can't even believe he's a freshman the way he, you watch him play. But, but if he, if he's able to get those passes out there, um, that to me, that's, that's critical. Mike, let me interrupt you and bring it up because that's a great point. If they can spread the field to the perimeters outside the hash marks, what that does, I think in the center of the field is it really opens up Hunter Enfro. We've talked about him earlier. Um, exactly but, right. But listen to these stats, Hunter Enfro in the games against Alabama. Now this is, he's played three games against Alabama. He has 22 catches for 211 yards and four touchdowns, including the game winner in 2016. Um, so, you know, he's just that, he's that typical slot receiver that, that, you know, guy that's just going to let the big guys go, the, the, you know, go to the wings and go long. And he just kind of does those little dig routes, those little quick slants, those little almost safety valves, Mike, that when your guys do get pressure, if Trevor Lawrence is smart enough, if, he, if he's got that, that sophomore junior savviness in his 15 games as a freshman, uh, I know that's got to be a concern to you. It'd be interesting to see Hunter's stats broken down when, you know, in 1979, no, wait, I'm sorry. Was, <laughs> um, but, but seriously, like if you, if you, I'd, I'd love to see that broken down between Kelly Bryant versus Deshaun Watson, because I think that Deshaun Watson was able to capitalize on that with Hunter Renfro because he was so successful with those perimeter passes, really stretching the defense out wide and opening up that space for, for Hunter Renfro. Um, I don't know that Kelly Bryant was as successful being able to do that as Deshaun was. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Trevor Lawrence can do that. So David, has there been a lot of talk down, down in, in South Carolina about the commitment to get ETN the ball and, and try and create some sort of running game? Because Alabama is just not a team that gives up a lot of running yards. Now they did against, against Kyler Murray, which is a different style of runner. Um, but, but I know you're a huge ETN fan. <laughs> Yeah, we, we love ETN. We, we uh, wear our shirts for ETN. I think y'all might have seen some of those late, late in the night that night. Um, you know, all season, you know, we've kind of been almost resting ETN. I mean, we almost got frustrated because we're like, feed him the ball, feed him the ball, feed him the ball. Um, and I think he broke the single season rushing record uh, with really – should have a lot more carries and could have been, you know, even into the Heisman uh, – <clears throat> talk if he had gotten more opportunities but yeah I think we've, we've got to run the ball I mean that, that's key we've got to have some some type of running game going um, but it it may take a while to get it going but one good thing about um, the offensive coordinator Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott they'll have a plan and they'll stick to it I mean, it may not work right now but it's they're going to do some things to get it going eventually I mean you go back to the 2016 game, the, the year we did win, we kind of stuck to our plan, stuck to our plan, and it finally started opening other things up. Um, but yeah, there there is a big, big segment to get ETN touches, and you know if he could get 100 yards, I mean that would be tremendous against that defense. Shay, Todd, Bill, any questions for the guys? No, once again, I just yeah, just, I, I, I get a chance to just relax and listen. It's awesome. I want to I want to see. Um, so let's let's talk three things. I'll let you hit on any of the three, uh, and Mike, we'll start with you. I'll either hit on intangibles, coaching, 
or special teams? Because I, I know both of you guys are concerned with your kickers. Uh, David, we saw it in action. Uh, your, your punter's not, not the best. Um, Mike, for, for some reason, Nick Saban, the greatest recruiter of all time, just cannot seem to get a, a kicker that, he, that everyone can trust. So just either one of those three or all three of those three, intangible, special teams, and coaching. Well, and I'm not sure where this fits in, but I feel like I would be incredibly disrespectful to not mention as a concern the wide receiver core for Clemson, T. Higgins, uh, Justin Ross, Amari Rogers, I think the guy's name is. Um, Justin Ross is a freshman, right, David? He is, yes. He's good. He's he's a frisbee-catching freshman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those frisbee-catching dogs, yeah. So uh, (laughs) in my notes, I I wrote down, you know, uh, the wide receiver core – Again, I think that the pressure on uh, that, I'm not sure if you'd consider that. To me, the biggest intangible, I guess, is uh, if we can make Trevor Lawrence make decisions, you know, faster than he's comfortable doing. Like, I, I just, uh, I, I'm not sure if you'd call that an intangible. But, um, and, and from the coaching aspect, I think that both coaching staffs are extremely, extremely uh they do a really good job of making adjustments at halftime. So it's almost like there, to me, there will be, this may be a good intangible and coaching. There will be two games. There's going to be a first half game and both staffs do an incredible job at halftime adjustments. So it's almost like going to be the, you know, tale of two halves, if you will. And uh, that's going to be fun to watch because no matter what the score is at halftime, no matter what's happening at halftime, it's going to be interesting to, to then watch the second half and see those see find and see if we can pick out what adjustments were made um, by each staff. So, all right, good, David. How about you? Well, you know, this is the first game, uh, and in the 14th is the 15th game. This is the only game where the our opponent's punter has a worse average than our punter. <laughs> Uh, but a couple of the games, uh, what was your punter a couple of years ago? Last name, Scott? B.J. Scott, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, – I mean, the game in Tampa, it was unbelievable. I mean, he was the first two and a half, four. He was the MVP. I mean, he was flipping the field. It was unbelievable. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see more um, going for it on fourth down and uh, just to keep the punters off the game, keep off the field. They're not needed this game. Um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, Mike – Exactly right. There, there's a reason why these two teams have played so much the last four or five years, um, and it's the coaching. I mean, the players, the players are changing, but the coaching staffs are the same. Um, you know, you talk about Alabama versus Clemson. It's not like you know comparing it to um, uh, when the when the Cavaliers were playing. Um, State. Steph Curry, yeah, Steph Curry, and those guys. I mean, it was the same guys. And it was almost getting tired. These are all, for the most part, new players. You got two brand new quarterbacks. Um, they're really freshman starters, brand new starters for this season. Um, I think which one of those can withstand the pressure that Mike was talking about? I mean, those two of the best defensive lines in the country are going to be going after those two guys. And which offensive line can give him just that extra second to find those players? Because both of them can throw darts uh, and throw those long darts out there. It's uh, I mean, the, some of the passes that, that Tua makes have been unbelievable, and, and same with uh, Trevor Lawrence. We first saw that uh, in Georgia Tech. Um, he scrambled to the left and, and threw it almost sidearm, about 35 yards, <laughs> hit Hunter Renfro in the corner for a touchdown. And we're like, oh, my goodness. 
All right, guys, we're we're down to our picks, and 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 Todd, Shay, Bill, we got to finish up a a pretty tight stare down bowl pool. Uh, well, tight, kind of tight, kind of tight. Tight for, for two of Tight-ish. Um, Tight-ish. So so we're going to go in this order, and I'll, I'll I'll announce it here in just a second. Let me get my my uh, sheet ready. Um, we're going to look <laughs> for uh, a, a winner and a score. Uh, David, because you guys are the number two team, we're going to start with you. Uh, give me your prediction. Uh, who do you think is going to win and a score of the game? All right. First of all, this is the uh, first one of these two teams will be 15 and 0. And as I told you a couple weeks ago, we've got the Natties, we've got the 15 pack. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. 15 and 0. Love it. Love it. Clemson Tigers. Uh, I think it's going to be 34 31. Uh, I think Clemson will hang on to win in the fourth quarter. Another intangible we have not talked about and since this game is played in the Bay Area, mm. and you always hear about the Golden Gate Bridge, but do you know what color the Golden Gate Bridge actually is? It, it is orange. Bill, Bill does. Actual orange. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be. That's got to mean something. <laughs> it's 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 a good fifty <laughs> miles away from the stadium, but that's okay. Close enough. Bill, stop it, Bill. Exactly. All right, Mike. The the, uh, the the defending national champions. Do they do they go back to back, or do you do you think about something for a whole another year? What you what you pick? Man, I have been back and forth about this. I mean, I could easily with these two defensive fronts that are going to be on the field. Um, this is not, you know, no offense to, uh, you know, the, the previous opponents, but this is going to be big boy football for sure. And um, I, I could easily see a, you know, 27, 24 game, or I could see a 44, you know, 45, 41 type, you know, game. I mean, so I'm really torn, but um, I, I I think it may be closer to the, uh I'm going to go with 41-35, kind of meet in the middle there. I assume Bama, right? No, Clemson. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Bama. Yeah, Bama. And, All right. Uh, go ahead. Finish your thoughts. No, no, no. Uh, well, I was just, you know, I, I would love to see, you know, it seems that special teams kind of come into play in a game like this. And and I just hope that, uh, you know, I, I, I'll go back to the name Jalen Waddle. I, I hope that. I hope that after tomorrow night, you guys are saying, "Yeah, Mike told us to be watching for Jalen Waddle." So anyway, we'll we'll hope he has a good game. Is he a right. freshman, Mike? He is. He is. I saw him. He is. He's got uh, lightning quick. Sp- I mean, he's all those guys are fast, but he's got a little extra gear. Everybody that everybody you know reading you know some of the notes from people who watch stuff through spring and stuff like that over the summer and fall pro, uh, fall training fall camp. They compare everybody compared Jalen Waddle to David Palmer, and every all you guys remember David Palmer, you know. And I think that uh, when you see him, he's got that it factor that he can just get loose. And uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, the deuce is loose. I, so I, I hope that uh, Jalen <laughs> continues to remind us of uh, the deuce going back to uh, the '92 season. So, okay, I'm going to go uh, Bama 33, Clemson 25. All right, thirty-three twenty-five, Bama over Clemson. Uh, Todd, who do you like, and what's your score? So first of all, Sean, um, just unbelievable respect to, to David and Mike, and even David Dillensteiner and Melissa, your your guest uh, hosts. Um, I mean, David said 
Mike, you had a punter three years ago named Scott. And he goes, Oh yeah, BJ Scott. I mean, who names, who can name the punter <laughs> guys? These guys are just solid as a rock. Um, <clears throat> so as a general rule, um, how can I've, I've said it here before, Bill, you'll test. How can you pick against Bama? Right. You just, they're there. He's going for what is six national title in 10 seven. years. Is that right, Mike? Seven seventh overall. Six in 10 years though. Yeah. Six and 10. Yeah. Seven overall. Yeah. He had one, what with LSU? I don't know. LSU 2003. Yeah. And then you look at Clemson and how do you not like Dabo Sweeney, um, Trevor Lawrence, their defense. Um, so, uh, what, what, what teeters me on the edge is Tua and Jalen Hurts versus Trevor Lawrence. How can you not go Alabama? I say Alabama wins 35, 30. Okay. Odd score, but that just came to me. So. Now, Good luck to both you boys. Uh, these next two picks. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go in order. Shay and Bill. Uh, Bill lead. Actually, Shay leads the stare down pool, trying to steal it from Bill for the first year. The outsider coming in. He's he's up a game. Uh, depending on what he does, Bill either has to try for the hail mary. It's almost like the final Jeopardy where you're betting on points <laughs> and you're hoping. So where do I where do I venue Venmo my money? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, oh, wait. Shea, All right, wait. Shay with the lead, but but because Bill's defending champion, we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let whoa, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I say second place goes first. Come on, <laughs> Shay, what's your pick? I, I don't like this. <laughs> Bill's going opposite of Shay. I mean, he has well, to, to win. Shay right? gets to yeah. decide. So Bill goes first. Here, here's, here's the biggest question: Is Bill Bill's banking on that? There's no way an Auburn fan. Yeah, there's no way Bama. he takes out. Bill, Bill so, wants so Bill's so got to go first. Bill's got to no go. No way. War <laughs> eagle. War. Well, that's that's the easy war. answer, right? If you're Don't playing eat. against Bama, you root against you root for the team wearing orange, and they're called the Tigers. That's the, <laughs> that's the easy way to do it. But I so can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Um, I, I do think I, I, it's similar to what we saw in the NFL today, though. I do think that it's a championship game. These coaches know each other. These players are the best in the country at their respective positions. I think the game goes under. Um, I'm going to go Bama 28 to 24. Mm. Uh, under 58, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, is that the line, Todd, 58? 58 is over under right now. Yeah. I'm on the number then 58 with my score. All right, Bill, if you go David, Bama, David, you're going to guarantee David, to lose. David, you're guaranteeing this for me, right? Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. Making sure. Making sure. Uh, Mike, I'm sorry. <laughs> you will be sorry. <laughs> what did strictly, I say? Strictly for I, bragging rights, right? And I, you know, and, and college football is not my sport. And, um, uh, although it's living here in the South and being on this show for two years, <laughs> I know more than I've ever known, uh, or I lear- I've learned more than I've ever learned. Uh, so my take is this. Uh, I, I said at the beginning of the season, there's absolutely no, it's not fair. College football is not fair this year because there's nobody even close to Alabama. But because Shay did what Shay did, and because I listened to Mike, you know, heap tons of praise on Clemson, it, it uh, makes it easier for me to say Clemson 31, Alabama 28. Wow. Wow. All right. The, the two giants of college football, right? I mean, these yeah. are the two. 
two teams. Right. It, look, it's it's gonna. It's, I don't think it's a blowout for sure. And uh, you know, games are decided by um, you saw in the charge game. You know, just a, a, a little turnover here, a fumble there. You know, a, a strip sack, scoop and score there. It makes those things happen in these kinds of games. So unless it's a blowout, if it's a close game, I don't think either result would shock any of us. Right. I don't think so either. Yeah. If it's a blowout, then it would shock us. But yeah. Yeah, a 30 to 31 28. And you know, you, you look at last week's in what was a blowout, uh, where Alabama was dismantling Oklahoma. Saban was so irate at their lack of discipline and their lack of focus at the end of that game. Um, I don't know if that helps, I think it can only help Saban's case to make sure those guys are focused this week. And, and David, I, I from everything I've heard, it seems like a good week of practice and attitudes are, are strong. No one's afraid of, of Alabama down in, in Clemson, South Carolina, right? No, not at all. I mean, that's – we played these guys last, you know, three years. We, we They know what to expect. <laughs> yeah. my, You're my old friends year. by now, right? Yeah. Well, Todd, you said it great, uh, Mike and David, and, and to David Dillensteiner, and unless if you're listening, uh, you guys have been great, and we've, we've really enjoyed having you having you on to break down your team. Uh, so we wish you guys both a ton of luck. Um, as we wrap up our show, I, I, before we close out college football, I do want to tip our hat to uh, young Tyler Trent, who lost his life mm. – uh, on, on, this, on January 1st, uh, the ultra Purdue fan um, who we all kind of came to support and, and follow after his courageous effort against cancer. Uh, that He made a name for himself, obviously, with the predicting the, Ohio, the Purdue uh, beating of Ohio State. Uh, I don't think there's many fans in the country that could be uh, anything but, but sending up good thoughts for him. So on behalf of the Stare Down, we wish him well. Um, Let's just go around the horn as I see it on my screen. Uh, Mike Randall, what do you got coming up this week? We have uh, closings. We've got listing appointments. We've got some real estate business to handle and take care of. And uh, my goal is just to try to finish up as early as possible tomorrow and get home and get ready for tomorrow night's game. So Buy that 15-pack of Natty Light, right, David? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mike, we know, we know David's drink. What were you drinking? Were you drink, drink beers? Were you drink uh, some bourbon? Uh, 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 red wine, I think. I think I'll start with an old-fashioned, and, uh, and, and <laughs> I'll, I'll be in the bourbon tomorrow night. So, uh, right. and, and I'll tell you what, maybe I'll set up a special thread on the text thread for the Stare Down guys, and, and, and we'll add Mike and David in for tomorrow's conversation. Cool. Awesome. All right. That'd be great. Uh, David Seaver, what do you got going on this week and uh, as you start off your year? Yeah, so we've uh, we got a busy January and uh, February with uh, with several closings. Uh, I was joking around with a buddy of mine and said if these would have happened uh, back in December when I thought they might have, I might be in um, San Francisco or Claire right now. <laughs> um, so excited to get hey, off man. to a great start. Um, actually, my neighbor has asked me yesterday, he goes, are you, or earlier today, he goes, are you working tomorrow? And I said, yeah, I actually got a listed appointment and then working with a buyer uh, midday. So I uh, got to get those wrapped up so that we can start, you know, tailgating. Uh, That's probably, probably better. You have stuff to do than just sit around and listen to the, you know, the, the uh, pardon interruption yeah, or yeah. around the horn, you know, breakdown. You, you guys have broken it down. You can't hear it anymore. Right. I mean, you, you go on ESPN there. They're, I can't imagine what else they're talking about. I mean, it's well, I, I love it all, but it's uh, I mean, let's just hurry up and play. Right. <laughs> Shay, what do you got going on, man? What's, what's, what's your week? What, what's the trailblazer schedule? And we, uh, this week we've got three home games in five days. We're at Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're at, we're at it all week. So it doesn't you stop. Do what's the game tomorrow, Shay? Yeah. There's no way that I'm going to the game tomorrow. So we'll yeah. just have to deal with that one later on. I, uh, what, the good um, thing is, who do you got coming in this week? Anyone, anyone, any big games? 
Uh, we've got the Knicks, the Hornets, and uh, I don't even know who we're playing Wednesday. It slips my mind. But like I said, it's been so many games back to back to back. It's, it's hard to – nothing really matters. I think that we're pretty much all Eastern Conference teams this week, so they don't mean as much in the grand scheme of things. So tomorrow night I'll definitely be uh, with a nice IPA in my hand watching the game and rooting for uh, – Dude, rooting for the other team in <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Todd, tell me about tell me about what's going on with you this week. Hey, Sean. First of all, best of luck to uh, Mike and David. Um, two, three weeks ago, uh, I saw these guys on social media. Didn't know who they were, so um, I'm uh, honored and a, a better a better man just hearing these guys talk about their team, their knowledge, their passion. So, best of luck to both of them. Um, it's awesome. So, um, back, uh, tomorrow, January 7th back, it's kind of like the official, uh, back to, back to work. It started on Wednesday last week, but a lot of people were off and, and, and extended vacation. So hit the ground running. Um, Sean, I was not, I don't want to brag, but I'll brag a little bit. I was 15% over my operating plan last year, did $15 million which is friggin' awesome. But you know that what that means tomorrow? Absolutely nothing. Right. It's, <laughs> it's back. Uh, what have you done? Like sales is a Janet Jackson song, right? What have you done lately? That's all it is. So looking forward to that. Um, so going to hit the ground running. I would be remiss. Sean, our, our, our good buddy, uh, Jim Mullaney had, had a, a little medical, uh, incident this last week. Um, 51 years old, um, and, and uh, reel me in, uh, don't let me talk too long, but my initial reaction was I started blaming things. What did he do wrong? Did he, you know, this guy was a marathon runner, right? Uh, he, uh, but I'm like, he must've done this wrong. Must've. So I learned a lot, uh, introspectively of don't blame, uh, when things happen, don't look for blame, just, uh, accept it. Uh, love, love the person uh, that it happens to Bill. I'm sure you can talk. You, you, you've had some some health uh, issues that you've overcome. Um, I just learned a lot uh, with myself. Yeah, for, the, uh, for, the, for the listeners, um, our, our buddy Jim Mullaney, one of our, our fraternity brothers, uh, had quadruple bypass surgery on Friday. Uh, he just was having some shortness of breath and was was feeling lethargic and went in and talked to his his doctor. And they said, well, you're probably just uh, anxiety. And he, he, he just kept feeling not right. And he, he forced him to do some tests. And it turns out that he had a major blockage, a little congenital thing through his family. Not not bad health, just uh, kind of caught up to him. And so uh, he's in recovery now. So big thought and big shout out to to Jim at Jack's divorced attorney. Right? Is that the uh, is yeah. that the attorney? Yeah. Yeah. Wish, wish him love. But again, I, I just learned a lot about myself because I it's defensive. You want to blame something, but life happens. Uh, you know, whether you're we're all good people uh, that are flawed, but it doesn't mean that you deserve uh, bad things to happen to you. So we we all got a battle. So best of luck to Jim. Best of luck to everyone on the podcast. Good luck to. Uh, to you, Mike and David, I'm looking forward to a great, great national championship. The two titans of college football. I mean, this is what should happen, right? Let's see what happens tomorrow night. Yep, for sure. Bill, the real estate sessions is, I think maybe I'm going to guess back for a, a new year after a couple of replays of, of myself and Paula Montoffer. Um, what do you got going on this week? Are you on the road? Are you home? Are you, uh, tell us what's going on with the real estate uh, session. Quick trip down to Lee County on Tuesday uh, to, uh, talk to the association down there. They're trying to actually set up some, some micro podcasting with flash briefings and stuff. And they invited me in to talk to them about audio of all things. So 
I'm traveling down there to talk to the Royal Palm Coast Realtor Association. Uh, that'll be fun. I'm also going to meet with Sue Pinky Benson uh, for a cup of coffee and have a chat about some of the things she's doing. Uh, so I like just talking to people that are doing cool stuff. You know that. And this week, it's going to be someone you know from Conference World, uh, that all the conferences you've been at, but Michelle Pochia from uh, upstate New York is my guest on Tuesday. She's a lot of fun. She's a hoot. Speaks her mind. I think she's you know been in the business 30 years, so she's got a lot of knowledge. Uh, she's a lot of fun. So that's that's, uh, that's what's happening for me. And you and Cindy are all settled in your, in your new place? We are all in the new digs. It's great. Um, we, we, it's a, it was, it's like I said, a block away from the other building, but we're trying a different, different lifestyle, just a little different twist on living urban. Uh, Not as so high far, up. Yeah. So far, this is great. Yeah, exactly. Good. Um, yep. Good. Well, glad you're enjoying it guys. For me, Todd, you, you hit a, a, the nail on the head and it's actually uh, funny. We're on the same page. Uh, my blog post that's going up tomorrow for my Monday morning match. It's, it's titled welcome to the first Monday of the rest of your year. Uh, I think a lot of people have been discombobulated with that. The holidays falling on, on Tuesdays, uh, starting the week off on Wednesday. I know last week it was like, well, it's, it's the start of the year, but it's weird. Cause I kind of not sure what day it is. Right. And how many of you guys felt in the last week you, you've, you've asked yourself, what day is it? Um, so it really starts off the year and, and a great chance for us to start with that clean slate, that, that fresh start and um, see what, see where we go from here. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I do my first presentation of the year tomorrow, uh, talking to the uh, Kiwanis club of Columbus talking about um, what's your story and, and the power of reputation. Um, and then I'm going to head down to, to Florida a couple days early. Bill, I'm, I'm going to head down and spend some time with Jim and his family uh, as he's in recovery nice. Uh, nice. this week. So then I'll see you on Thursday night uh, right. from, uh, for bar camp on Friday in Jacksonville, one of the best. Oh, yeah. I guess I am. I am leaving town. Right. I'll, be, I'll be in Jacksonville Friday. Yeah, that's right. So, guys, good luck. We'll enjoy the game. I'll, I'll set up a little thread uh, to our listeners. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. I know the last few weeks have been some long shows, but uh, the sports world has been packed. Um, if you are a listener and you'd love to jump on like Mike and David and share your love of your team or uh, talk about your sport, we'd love to have a guest on. Um, so on behalf of Shay and Todd and Bill, and special thanks to Mike and David, I'm Sean Carpenter. Happy New Year, everybody, and thanks for listening to The Stare Down.